Hey there, you're listening to Casting from the Closet. I'm Paige, aka the Human CD Recorder Flex. And I'm Alex, the girl who has way too many playlists and will not be able to listen to all of them, but that's not going to stop me from making more. Hell yeah. Hey, Alex. Mm hmm. You know what I also am? Don't say it. Do not. The Guitar Man. I'm the guitar man, Alex. I have my ID. My ID says first name guitar, last name man. I'm the guitar man. Who? Guitar man. I, I just... I, okay. Yep. Live your life, you know? Yeah, I will. If you're the guitar man, just just do it. Like, I can't stop you. Always be yourself. I have no idea. I have, I have no context, no <laughs> comprehension whatsoever. But I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to let you live your life. <sighs> that reference makes no sense to the audience. Anyway, <laughs> you're listening to Casting from the Closet Episode 2. More. Blue is the warmest color. Last time we did the book the graphic novel, and a little bit of a non-spoiler summary of the movie. And today we're going to be doing the spoiler-filled summaries and the sex scene, all caps, TM. If you ask me, I think we should call the episode Blue is the Warmerest Color, Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. Oh my fucking god. You're welcome. That's what that you need to write that shit down right now. We're calling it blue is the armor color. Well, chapter two. The well, I have I have good news for you. I'm doing something called recording. Oh, shit. You are recording this. Oh, fuck. All right. (laughs) Enjoy the episode. You're about to hear the cutout clip from the middle of our last recording, and it's gonna be a little awkward and with lower quality microphones but that's okay enjoy who needs consistency not us i i think so one of the reasons why i liked the movie a little bit better is because they did it it is very long form kind of kind of deal where they really hashed out a lot of uh things about Adele where you know they talked uh they did a lot of symbolism with food and eating so there's a scene where she is uh like talking to Emma about foods she does and does not like and Emma says you know wow you like pretty much everything right you're voracious and Adele says no actually I don't like seafood and that's the only thing I won't eat. And throughout the whole movie, Adele is seen as, like, eating when she's upset and kind of, like, gobbling shit down and having this unstoppable hunger, right? And then later in the movie, Emma actually teaches Adele how to eat oysters, which is super, super symbolic. Uh, very wink-wink, nudge-nudge oyster, just eating that oyster. Mm, tastes fishy. 
Which is funny, uh, at least because that's a whole, that's a big symbol of like you know Emma. There's only really one in satisfying the, Adele's in the book that I like made note of. It's probably a little bit more. Her new, giving her a new thing to satisfy her There's appetites, one. Uh, and that's it's a huge um, thing. There's so to much get back spaghetti to her friends. Because I have a little beef with Valentine. At least three spaghetti. This more so has to do with the book because I don't really know if this was done in the movie. Um, but in the book, when I didn't know there Emma was a spaghetti starts, in the book, or once Adele slash Clementine starts like shaping up her relationship with Emma a little bit more, um, and at that point, I don't believe they're actually uh, a couple yet. She mentions it to Valentine when she starts talking to him a little bit more, but doesn't want to give him any details, and he gets upset because she doesn't want to talk in depth about Emma yet, um, and is upset that she won't open up to him. She tells him that she doesn't understand it all yet herself, and then that kind of resolves the scene. But also, he broke her trust. Like, he told her friends that they went to a gay bar, and it caused her to lose that friendship with all of those people. And that's a big damage of trust. Like, it was really shitty what he did, and I'm not surprised that his character would continue to, like, not understand why she doesn't share things with him. And it gets better as the movie goes on, as they mature. But that one little scene kind of made me a little disappointed because I feel like there could have been some good friendship development there. And there could have been like a good discussion scene there. But instead, she was just like, oh, I don't really understand it myself yet. So I don't really want to talk about it. And maybe, you know, at that point, they had resolved everything or had talked it out. But that's not something that's displayed to us, or at least all that well. Uh, and, and I think that that missed on some potential really good discussion yeah i mean basically adele is just well more more so clementine clementine in the book is just surrounded by shithole people just like the worst fucking people yeah i don't know so uh, i just wanted to add to that discussion that i had about eating in the beginning where uh it's really that scene where emma and Adele are talking about, you know, what she does and does not like. Emma does say that seafood is the only thing that she does like. And I think that kind of, that whole scene is just a really big, like, foreshadowing moment where there's a lot of differences between them that are kind of unresolvable. So where, where, uh, you know, Emma's this really kind of pretentious, like, art student kind of person, and fucking Adele just wants to, like, live her life and be a teacher, and Emma keeps keeps saying, like, oh, write, do something creative, and Emma always, you know, tries to prod her and poke her to do, to go back to school and do something, and kind of has this, uh, this sort of, um, connotation that she, that Adele isn't, like, good enough and shouldn't be happy with what she's doing and you know Adele is clearly uncomfortable with Emma's friends who are they talk a lot about art and stuff and and in those scenes in there's a party where Emma invites her co-workers and whatnot or friends and and stuff and they they talk about art and Adele is just silent and or cooking, or cleaning, or, you know, she's a kind of, they seem to fall into gender roles, weirdly, in the movie, where Adele is the, is the housewife, and Emma is the masculine, 
cool, very cultured, uh, strong person here. Yeah, I, I felt that that did happen. That definitely happened. I didn't notice it as much in the book because the book didn't take that route. Uh, but they definitely felt a bit more androgynous in terms of like, quote unquote, gender roles. There really were no assigned gender roles in the book. Um, but in the movie, it definitely develops, especially once they start like living together and start forming like a social life as a couple and not just as two people that hang out together. Um, I do want to talk about uh, early on in the movie where, uh, or actually throughout the movie, Adele, when she's sleeping and she has, you know, her signature, that actress's signature, just blank and dull expression. I just want to say that I hate those scenes <laughs> where she's sleeping and she's like got her mouth open and she's drooling and you like go all, you know, the camera pans up and down her body and she's got like this very nice ass. The director of this movie clearly loves There's ass. There's so many shots of butts. There's so, so much butt in this movie. Throughout the whole ass movie. And Adele's just blank and staring and just has this horrible, goofy-ass expression on her face the whole time. And I'm just like, please, come on, what are you, French Kristen Stewart? Like, do something else with your face. I don't want to look at you. I do want to talk about the actresses um, and who was cast a little bit later. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty. point on them. But yeah, in terms of like just the, the scenes themselves, that, that was kind of a weird cut and I, I wonder if there's something to do with like you know maybe innocence or something like that but maybe reading into it too much I was kind of weird yeah she's sleeping like a little kid would yeah in just kind of like this crazy position when they show her in those few scenes where she's sleeping so back actually to the friends I have another thing this is all out of order but I have another thing about the about the friend thing that you were talking about earlier. So one of the things that that kind of sparks Adele's, I guess, uh, understanding of her own sexuality is actually one of her friends who... So in the movie and the book, Adele is just, like, randomly kissed. Uh, like, just passionately kissed by one of her friends. And, you know, she's pretty excited by that. And she later tries to kiss that friend again. And the friend does this, like, kind of signature straight girl move where where she goes, oh, that was just a one-off, like, spur of the moment thing. I didn't think you'd take, that, take it that seriously. I was just, you know, I was just casually, passionately kissing you. Like, and I, I don't know, I just, it, it just seems like this character has some is just surrounded by, like, the craziest, weirdest straight people <laughs> and one shit I, gay person. Yeah. I, I think I think it was a shitty thing to do. I'm, I also think that, in a way, it very accurately, like, represents just the kind of wishy-washy shittiness that you are when you're a teenager. It, like, you don't know this other character. I think the friend's name is Leticia, maybe, or something like that. <clears throat> That's one of the friends, but I don't know which one it is. Um, but this friend, you know, we don't know if she's questioning things too, or if she has an idea that Adele might be a lesbian or bisexual or gay at all. Um, we don't know anything about that. 
Um, and she kind of leads her on to believe that maybe she knows or maybe she is also gay and then does the kiss thing. And then when Adele, you know, encounters her the day after and tries to, you know, kiss her in the bathroom and the, the girl tells her that she uh, was more spur of the moment and she wasn't taking it as seriously. Um, I think that, you know, it's shitty and it's completely typical for somebody of that age. Um, Adele got her hopes up. She got her courage up. I mean, she got her courage up to make that move. And it was her first sense of validation. It was the first possible chance of validation that she had with her sexuality, which she was already struggling with. Um, And it got smashed with rejection. And, you know, it was probably just crippling and added so much more negativity in terms of how she felt towards her own feelings of being gay um, or any gay feelings that she had at all. Um, Obviously, this sort of thing could have been avoided with communication, but they're fucking like 15. It doesn't work that way. No one talks about anything when you're that young. Nobody is just like, hey, yeah, I'm questioning my feelings. What you did is something that I can't actually interpret. Like, I don't know what you meant by that. And that's just how it goes. I think it, it was shitty and it 100% something that I would expect from yeah, and her a, like age group, for sure. I don't know, I guess... I guess I was a little taken aback by it just because I was like, who does that? Like, you at any age, just like, apparently when you're 15, you go around and you, like, French kiss romantically your friends. I don't know, man. I just, I I, I totally, I understand what you're saying. And I, like, I agree. Because, I mean, that's what, I guess that's what you're like when you're younger. But, damn, that, that was such a I was just kind of mad about that. I was like, what the fuck? It was shitty. And and in the movie, in the movie, because she does have a more distinct haircut, she's got like blunt bangs and they focus on her a couple times. You know, when Adele is experiencing some difficulties at school um, or in that fight, the girl that she kissed never speaks up to say anything because it's not worth her reputation to her to risk it to protect Adele. She doesn't feel that there's enough of like a friendship or enough solidarity um, she might not even like Adele at that point because, you know, she was just messing around, but Adele was actually serious. Um, but she always is seen observing and never speaking up. Yeah, that's that seems to be a, a pretty common thing. I did um, want to note, and this kind of like encompasses the friendship thing as a whole. Uh, but I wonder if the setting has any effect on how they respond to that sort of a thing. Um, obviously, I don't know about gay history in France. Um, I know a little bit more about like American gay history, but not so much in France. Um, in the books, it takes place in the 90s at the beginning, or at least when Clementine is in school. And, you know, there might be more hatred towards gays during that time, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, and so the behavior that she sees both in her friends and in her parents, her mother is very against uh, gay people, but that might be normal. Uh, that sort of response might be the sort of thing that was typical back of that time. Um, and I'm not sure because I don't know how queer people were perceived then. Um, but in the movie, it definitely has a lot more of a modern day feel. It doesn't have like an early 90s feel at all. It's very like modern day sort of a thing. And that's when it com- comes across more as shitty high schoolers uh, and shitty teenagers than just the general trend, which which is interesting um, because they didn't they didn't get into her mother 
having any feeling towards uh, gay people as much as they did in the book, um, if they did at all in the movie, uh, which would have been the only other major situation. And that brings up something else that I want to talk to talk about a little bit more, kind of unrelated to friends. But the setting, I think, might have an effect, at least in the book. But because that time frame is somewhat abandoned once we get to the movie, or at least not as well displayed, it kind of changes the reason why those friends are so shitty, I think. Right. Yeah, if it's set in modern times, it it goes from, oh, general homophobia to, oh, these friends are fucking crazy, awful people. And, yeah, I think that kind of changes the tone and the feel. Um. One thing uh, that I do that I really loved, uh, actually, about the movie is that they take her, Adele, being in school and kind of make that sort of uh, focal point and kind of use her being in school with her friends and her interactions with them, but also her classes uh, as a sort of kind of metaphor for the rest of the movie. There's, uh, in in Adele's life, there's... um, they talk about Sartre, where you know he Sartre did uh wrote about existentialism, and existentialism is basically terrifying freedom in that you are in charge of you and like you can do anything and you have this this undying freedom, and there is no God. And so it's up, so it's everything. Everything is up to you. You're free, but you have all this responsibility. And I think that was a horrible, horrible <laughs> review of, of Sartre, but, you know, existentialism is not something I really want to go into uh, in detail. But um, so it's, it's it's this extreme scary freedom to be who and what you want to be. And I think Adele really kind of uh, embodies that. She is defined by her actions. And she kind of, and she fucks up. And they also use uh, other books that they're reading in class as sort of symbols, too. They use, uh, the they're reading this poetry, yeah, this poetry. Um, and one kid in their class reads a line and interprets it to mean, um, everything natural is perverted and vice versa, which is kind of like everything natural is perverted and vice versa. That's, that sounds like, sort of how a lot of people perceive like LGBT identities um what's natural and what's perverted and what you know how does it change and i think that that that, that was a that was a really great i think that's just a fantastic scene um yeah so i just wanted to get that in yeah for sure um i want to talk about the sex scenes I, I want to get that out of the way. Oh my god, we we need to, to just uh, designate an entire section of this episode to the sex scene. That's exactly what we're doing right now. The infamous sex scenes, yep. We, we start, our first taste is uh, the masturbation scene that was mentioned earlier. Um, Who masturbates like that? Yeah, I, listen... <laughs> I would like to meet somebody that does uh, and just ask them how. It just screams to themselves. It it was very hot. Don't get me wrong. It was a very, very attractive display. Yes. Um, It was a display, though. Yeah, that's it it was kind of unrealistic 
First of all, no one is that loud in their own home when people are around, unless no one is around or the rooms are soundproof. She she lives with her parents. Yeah. And is just openly, like, moaning and making noise. And I know that if I did that when I was living at home, my parents probably text me the next morning and be like, hey, what was going on? Why did we hear this noise? It's It was very hot, but it was not... It was definitely done up for the fact that it's a movie. Yeah, and the one of the biggest criticisms of the movie, which I definitely agree with uh, to an extent, is that it's very, very male gazy. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's like glorified porn, basically. A lot of people criticize it. Like yeah, that. listen, listen. When I when I masturbate, I kind of just lay there awkwardly hold my phone until my hand falls asleep and then figure out what to do once my hand falls asleep my other hand which is in my pants just gets cramped up it's kind of sweaty yep a lot of times like i have the blanket on or something like that and it's dark and i can't see anything i can't even see my own goddamn like hand in front of me it it's not like that it's not glamorous it's really not it's just kind of like you you lay down in sweatpants and just just kind of like yeah just and it's come yeah <laughs> it's hot in its own kind <laughs> the the masturbation scene was definitely hot because it was so done up and so glorified and there was a lot of moaning and sweating and just hot imagery um yeah but and this think- is when she's masturbating to Emma, like, right after seeing yeah, her for the first just, time. Just the thought of her. Yeah. The thought of what she would do to her. But I think it discredits just, like, natural masturbation and natural sex. Like, that, it's awkward, but it can be pretty hot, too. It's not, like, yeah, pretty and glamorous and, like, you know, the very male gazy interpretation. But I don't know. I think if we gave it a shot, I think we could do a lot with it in terms of putting it in films and having it represented a little more naturally. Um, It's really hot. And I think we missed that opportunity. But yeah, well, it was it was directed by a man. Yeah. And the actresses were both straight women. Uh, So that's fun. All right, it's uh, my favorite, my personal favorite time of the show. It's the time where I, Paige, tell you your future. This month, week, year, this this week in Gemini. It's it's May, which is Gemini. It's Gemini now. Now it's Gemini. Anyway. This week, in Gemini, you will eat one entire skateboard. A gay skateboard. Anyway, you want to do uh, <laughs> you want to do a song of the day? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, my my song recommendation of today's episode is the song Second Night of Summer by Borns. This song is a bop, as most other songs I recommend will be. Uh, it, it's just a really fun song to listen to. It kind of gets you in that really, like, early summer, 
late nights kind of, you know, backyard barbecue, like dark sky, campfire, beach kind of mood. That's so many things. <laughs> it's it's just very fun. <laughs> wow. It's very fun. I love I love the aesthetic. Um, it's very fun. Uh, it also uh, has a couple moments. I don't know if you know the vine, if you're familiar with the vine. Um, it's this guy bopping in his car, I think, to uh, that um, one song, It's Gonna Be May. Remember? Yes. Yeah. And he like is listening to it and then it goes, it's gonna be May. And he smashes his head down into the steering wheel and then starts grooving. <laughs> Whenever the uh, the beat drops in this song, that's kind of how I feel. Ah, I see. And I've probably done that at many, many stoplights. So that's my song recommendation, Second Night of Summer by Borns. Go check it out. All right, go check it out. Now, back to the show. Okay. the I have this written in caps as a trademark. <laughs> it's the big sex scene. Trademark. Yes. Not trademark, but it it's hot at first, and then it gets kind of weird, and it's still kind of hot, yeah. but also still kind of weird. I don't really know how to feel about it. I'm kind of like, eh. I'm a was, it was a strange progression of, of events. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was very sudden. They, like, uh, weren't they Emma and Adele, like, laying in the park or something? I don't remember. And then, well, it's some, it's some, oh, I think they're eating, actually. Again, with the fucking food. They're eating. They go from food to eating all the time. And I think there's some symbolism there. From sex, sex to food, sex to food. Yeah. And so they're eating and then fucking, like, they're just having sex now. It just cuts to, to that. And so the, the progression in my mind of events was, like, it's sensual and then it's hot. Uh, that it's still hot. Then she eats her ass, and that's the most pleasurable part for her. Which I don't think... I mean, you know, you do you, we don't kink shame here. Uh... But then there's, like... There's, like, weird butt stuff and, like, semi-69-ing in the butt? Uh... And then more butt. There's just so... What is this butt position? Um, and then they fall asleep in each other's butts. Uh, and then Adele cries. Which which is cool. Uh, and it's like ten minutes long. Right. I don't... I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get the Adele crying thing out of the way, because I feel like that's, believe it or not, one of the easier things to unpack. Um, I think it's normal that she would cry after sex, especially after the... Well, first of all, everything that she's been going through in terms of understanding her sexuality and becoming comfortable with her with how she's feeling and all these feelings that she's experiencing and also in in a literal sense um sex as this was a discussion we had separately but sex uh in orgasm does release a lot of endorphins and some people just cry after they come that's just a thing it's kind of a frightening thing but it's a thing that happens um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's actually very common. And I don't think it's it's the case for a doll, but I do think it's worth considering because, just in general, that's a thing that happens. But I don't think it's what happens in a doll's case. 
I, I think that it's finally, you know, she's done something that she has spent basically the entire movie slash book, because it happens in the book too, trying to deny and push away and pretend that it's not real um, because she doesn't perceive it as being normal. She says in the book, girls don't love girls, girls love boys, you know, and here she is having sex with and enjoying sex and loving another woman and she has little to no support if you don't include Valentine. She has little to no guidance if you don't include Emma and it's a very scary venture. This is something completely new, something that she doesn't understand and that concept in itself isn't like explicitly drawn out in the movie. I think it's seen more in um, how she behaves and how her facial expressions are interpreted um, rather than actual di- dialogue. Blank. Um, her her insecurity and her feelings towards her identity. But in the book, she talks about it a lot um, up until, like, through yes, her she does. 30s. She has struggles with it being something that she projects externally um, in this. Mm-hmm. Right. Emma sees her, her sexuality as political and open, uh, whereas uh, Clementine in the book uh, sees her sexuality as, you know, deeply, deeply personal. Right. And this is just the first layer of it. This is just tapping into it. Um, and I think I like the fact that she does cry afterwards because it, it doesn't, it keeps that hint that there's still that struggle with the identity. It's not 100% all about just watching these two girls eat each other's asses. There is still the consideration towards the actual real things that the characters are feeling outside of sex right and uh, you know she Adele's basically she's just closeted and she's uncomfortable and I think that's a big thing in throughout the whole movie and in the more so the book but also in the movie um how many sex scenes are there I don't know there's there's There's, a good couple there's at least two like sex scenes with like between Emma and Adele and then there's more (laughs) Uh, between Emma and, uh, or not Emma, uh, Adele. Adele and Thomas. And then there's Adele masturbating and, uh, yeah. There's a good handful. And I, I wrote about another sex scene that I was very upset that it was hot. Yeah. Um, it was so porny. I'm trying to find where you wrote that note. <laughs> uh, while we're figuring out those, um, Here's a concept. That super long sex scene is meant to depict them over time instead of just one encounter. Now, this could be very easily debunked, but it's something I thought of when I was tired and kind of hungry and not feeling that great. Um, But they do a lot of different things uh, in terms of, like, techniques and different, like, sexual things. And they do things like ass play. And that doesn't usually happen on your first sexual encounter with somebody unless you both are experienced and yes. you both know what you're doing. And you both go into it being like, okay, this is something we're probably going to do. It's really long. And the passage of time is explained really poorly in the movie. And we see Adele and Emma's relationship blossom to the point of living together very quickly. And we don't really see when that happens. Like, when did that happen? We don't really know. Not a lot of development is shown. Um, it's not really the bulk of the movie. It kind of just is like... There's some food, they're fucking a lot, and all of a sudden they're living together. And I think that it might be interesting to look at the long sex scenes as a way of being the culmination of their different encounters over time. 
in one long scene. Um, I, it can be very easily debunked, as I said. Like, their hair never changes. They're always in the same bed. She cries at the end, which is just showing it's the first time. But also, yeah. Also, sex really does take a long time. Yeah. I like that theory, though. I also like the the, the summary of, uh, I like your summary of there's some food and then some sex and then the end. Listen. Like that's that's about the food. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's the thing. There's lots of spaghetti and, and vaginas. Yeah. Adele <laughs> and Emma U-Haul really intensely, but we're led to believe they U-Haul because we don't see any past or time or any sort of development whatsoever. So yeah. if we have to think about if we are led to believe that they move in together after Adele is done with school and stuff like that, um, then maybe it is like a kind of healthy move, like move in. I don't know. Um, in which case, we, you and you, I, yeah, yeah, we you hauled harder. <laughs> we you hauled harder than the characters oh, God. from Blue is we the Warmest Color, so y'all. Oh no, so hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm so proud of us. So I do want to talk. Yes. Oh my God, we're great. Uh, yeah. Some people celebrate their their first few month anniversary. Uh, we celebrated by creating a podcast together. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so I do really, really want to talk about the, uh, the whole, my least favorite trope that I am just so incredibly beefed about that was in both the book and the movie. And while I was watching the movie and I saw this shit happen, I was like, fuck you. No, no. I doubt that this is, this better not be in the fucking book written by a lesbian because if it is I will actually die and then it was and then it was it's the and then she sleeps with a man trope which I fucking hate and obviously like I'm gonna come out and say it now like bi people exist but it wasn't displayed that she was bi she wasn't struggling with bisexuality and they didn't they just said oh she fucked a dude now she fucks dudes or whatever, and I just... I, they always have the lesbian fucking dude. Like, every single fucking time. And I just... Seethe and foam at the mouth. When I see that. Because there has... There just... There has to be straight sex. There has to be. There has to be... She cannot, you know... She's gotta sleep with a man. Um, and then at the end, the, the guy that she slept with, or, you know ran out to to find her and he couldn't find her because she was walking away you know and you know like oh you can't get that woman you know i don't know i just fucking hate it i hate it it just listen i have beef about this something that we need to to get out of the way is the fact that i am a big stickler um one thing that i have beef about is communication. That's my biggest thing. I'm a big stickler about it. Communication and taking care of yourself, although that one takes a hardcore backseat most of the time. In the movie, there is just so little development shown of the relationship. There's so little development, so little communication. There's just 
nothing that the actual foundation is built on once they start getting together. We don't know a whole lot of anything. We get a couple scenes. Um, most of them are negative. Like the uh, the party where we can already see um, Emma leaning towards Lise and Adele not really being okay with that. There's another scene when they're in bed. Emma's unhappy with the relationship and Adele is still blindsided with love. She's just blindly dependent on Emma, blindly dependent on this force of love. Um, and it's her first like real recruited, requited, returned, I don't know, um, gay love. It, it's just huge for her. But Adele still cheats in the movie um, and in the book. And in the yeah. movie, uh, she cheats, she initially lies, and we can't really know for sure if she sleeps with a coworker. I think she does. I'm pretty sure in the uh, subtitle, she does say that she does. Yeah. We don't know if Emma cheats with Lise at all. I want to say that she doesn't because it's never discussed and Adele does never question her. But we don't know for sure because that is literally never delved into, never discussed, never brought up at all. At first, I kind of got the feel that Adele got what was coming to her. Then the more I thought about it, yeah. it was like, well, neither of them really had anything healthy going on there. Emma clearly wasn't happy, but she didn't cut it off or didn't discuss this with Emma or with Adele. Um, Adele was growing increasingly dependent on Emma, and it was clear that Emma did not like that and did not feel the same towards Adele. And, you know, that that, that sort of thing was creating a divide between them where Adele was clearly getting and looking for different things out of the relationship than what Emma was able to provide and what Emma is able to give because let's be real here you cannot be like someone cannot be 100% dependent on you they can't and it's not healthy to be the only source of somebody's growth they have to be able to receive things from outside your relationship and that relationship just has to be one aspect of their life it's not it's not healthy they were definitely the aspect of like, yeah, your first gay love where things are going to go wrong. But what, uh, you know, Emma wasn't happy either. And Emma was not discussing this. It was never really brought up that she felt unfulfilled until Adele cheats. And when Emma asks why, Adele says that she felt lonely. And it kind of makes sense if we assume that that sort of uninterested, turned off attitude that we get from Emma when she's in bed in that one scene is how it is all the time. If she's feeling unfulfilled and kind of like just lacking about putting herself into the relationship um, or at least communicating with Adele that that's how she feels. And maybe she was afraid to because Adele was coming on so hard and because Adele was so dependent. You know, there's there's no straight answer or gay answer, <laughs> but there's just no... There's no easy way out of it. If there was better communication displayed or better character development or something like that where they expressed their needs, this could have been avoided. The relationship could have possibly improved or ended at least a little more healthily, which would be not in a big fight that resulted in at least one window being broken. Yeah. So the thing is, like, the the movie ended it much better. Oh, yeah. Uh, than the book did. Because that's, so that's my biggest beef with the book. Clementine basically kills herself because she can't be with, you know, she can't live without Emma. And I just hate that. Uh, there was just no character development and it was all very, very focused on their relationship and nothing about their individual characters. 
Um, and also fairly, you know, overly dramatic, I would say. Oh, yeah. I think the only the only justifi- justification that I could give to it is that in the movie it comes across that they have not been together that long when it happens. Maybe a couple years at the most. Um, Emma still has her final, like, art show or whatever. I kind of interpreted that as she was still in school or just beginning her art career. They were still very young because um, Adele was just starting her education. She was just starting to do teacher things. Um, whereas in the book, when this happens, Emma is, you know, at least 30, in her 30s. Um, and and uh, Clementine is. And Clementine is 30 for sure. Like that is, yeah. we know that for sure. Which in that case, they've been, they've been, been together for at least 10 years, maybe 10, 12 years. Um, and that's a pretty long relationship, especially considering what Clementine went through, you know, with being kicked out of her family home, being disowned by her family, and the sort of more close-knit relationship that they develop. If really all she's known in the past 10, 12 years is Emma, to have that happen and suddenly realize that, oh my god, I don't think I'm going to have this anymore. This might be taken away from me. Where do I go? I have nothing else. That's scary. And while I don't know if it necessarily justifies suicide, I can understand how she can slowly dip into this sort of mindset where there really is no hope left and it's easier just to take these sleeping pills that, you know, she develops a dependency to them and starts to uh, self-medicate and starts to um, fall into the lull of taking sleeping medications and taking things to calm her down. Um, That ultimately does enough damage to her heart that it kills her. Yeah, and the thing that I found uh, really weird about the about the book is that they, um, after they break up, and Emma or Ed and Clementine is starts to become dependent on uh, these sleeping pills, and Valentine arranges for Emma and Clementine to meet on a beach. Um, so they meet. And, uh, they have, like, you know, a sort of few moments, and they kind of, that's, love is sparked a little bit again. Um, and then they have sex. They, like, start to have sex on the beach, and that is what exacerbates Clementine's heart to the point where she has to be in the hospital, and eventually it, it, it kills her. Uh, which I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, don't fuck on a beach. <laughs> don't fuck on the beach? What is this? Don't do that. And in also in, in near the end of the movie, this a uh, similar ish scene happens where they both um, meet up in a coffee shop, you know, in public, and um, they kind of have like this this you know spark of love moment. Um, and then Adele like starts eating, just eating, just putting Emma's hand in her mouth and eating it and just sucking on it and then they're like <laughs> making out and they're rubbing each other up like they're sticking their hands um i think adela's a skirt on and uh i think emma puts her hand a blue dress right no that's in the final scene oh that's the final scene yeah i think she has like a skirt or a short shorts or something on on yeah. one of those two um i think i think emma puts her hands up the garment because i remember after it ends we see adele kind of adjust her pants a little bit yeah and i i'm just like i first of all what what is with the hand thing is that is this like is that why there is so much spaghetti 
Did the spaghetti symbolize fingers? You eat fingers? You just... Is that what you do? Is that, That's how lesbians have sex. They eat each other's hands. They're also, like, in public. In public. Can't confirm. What? I have no more hands. I have no more hands. I can't confirm. Have normal, that's why we cut our, uh, our fingernails so short. It's so that we can eat each other's hands. And fingers. Uh, I don't know. I just, they're in, they're in a coffee shop and they're, like, basically fucking. And I, I just, that whole time I was just like, man, those people behind you, like, having, like, trying to have a coffee and a croissant right behind you. Right behind you. They're just trying to live their lives, man. Like, stop. Stop with the, with the spaghetti fingers. You gotta stop right now. All right, so that's all we got for you today, my friends. Congration! You done it. You made it to the end of this episode. Wow. I'm proud of you. Me too. Anyway, so remember to stay hydrated, y'all, and do your best. I'm Paige. And I'm Alex. We're here, we're queer, and you've been listening to Casting from the Closet. You can follow us on social media at theserb underscore GRL. Visit our website at castingfromthecloset.com. And you can email us that sweet, sweet hate mail at castingfromthecloset at gmail.com. Don't forget to donate to our Patreon. And if you already are, thank you for supporting your local lesbians.